The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of me and or my ma, and we do not mean to offend. Warning, most names have been changed, dates might be a bit off, and general facts might be a bit exaggerated. So if you're picky, this might not be for you, because the point is, is that it's a good story. This is episode 9 from season 1. Ma's life is saved by a full-length faux fur coat. The police brutality episode, which originally aired November 1st, 2018. I would like to thank our sponsor, Mox and Joe Coffee, an indigenous-owned and operated company out of Gunasadage and Canada Council for the Arts for making season 2 possible. So today's episode is called Ma's life is saved by her full-length faux fur coat. The police brutality episode. Hooray! So let me set the scene for you guys who wouldn't know what was really going on around my res Kahnawake at that time. So after the Oka crisis, blockade of 1990, which as I said before, if you don't know what it is, go look it up because it's kind of played a really significant role in Canada's relations with us. So after 90, it was pretty tense in Quebec between Nguanhua people and the surrounding communities. I mean, think about it. People were literally burning effigies of us in downtown Shadagi, which is a community right next to Kahnawage, hoping us, Mozit Sauvage, would all get killed. And then the conflict ends and we gotta go get groceries at the same places as these fucking people. I mean, talk about awkward. We had checkpoints surrounding my reserve that were manned by the Rodiscaragete, or the men. I mean, I better not say warrior society because that strikes fear in the heart of the colonialists. <laughs> ah, it's funny because it does. <laughs> okay, so at this point in my family's story, it's post-1990. My ma just relocated all of us back to Gatnawage because Indian Affairs fired her ass. Listen to episode three for that story. We lived on top of a cigarette store, which is now the pharmacy and clinic in Gahnawake. We were on welfare. Times were tough, you guys, okay? I didn't really super realize it because I was so young. I mean, I knew shit was fucked up, but I was really just super happy I was now living down the street from my best cousins, when the Hawi Gwe Hawi and Gunnawio. Anyways, enough chit-chat. Let's get to it. Ma's life is saved by her full-length faux fur coat. The police brutality episode. Okay, tell me about the time when you and when you got beat up by the SQ here. After ninety, nineteen ninety-three, right? Yes. It was. Or, wait, no, it wasn't even. No, it wasn't even. Because I was, I was, we were still living over uh, the cigarette show at store. Yes, that's right. So un- it was unfortunate that I forgot that you, we are we should not go off the reserve alone, and I needed to get some food. That's so all it was. That's all it was. I drove out there to Saint Costan up that way to go to a store and get. And Gwanda was watching me. Yes, and she just had the baby. She did. Oh yeah, oh, yeah she did. Yeah. So. So I'm like out seven. there and I get so I get pulled over along the road. I don't think she did have the baby. I think yes, she, was, she did. She, she did. came there to well, rescue me. me. I was with her. 
Yeah? It was me, Mom. Oh, yes. I'm telling okay. you it yes. was me. Yes, okay. Anyway. Because I was only six or something, because I remember... You were, you were younger than that. You were about four, five by then. Anyway. So then it was 91 or 92. Yes. So... So anyway, I, uh, I get pulled over for nothing. As they were, and I was alone. And that's they something... They pulled you over at Maxi or something, right? Yeah. I remember. So I said, so we were all... They're the worst wa- fucking cops up here anyways. Yes. The ones up here, Roussillon. Yeah. Fucking cops. Yeah, well, these were... I hate uh, them. Uh, these were, uh, they were the, uh, Quebec... You know the oh, it was the SQ. SQ. Oh, okay. You know, anyway, so they so they put they uh, pulled me over and uh, and told me to get out of the car. And uh, there was no reason for it. It was that white Oldsmobile, right? Yeah, I think white. I it was a white car. It was white. I remember white Oldsmobile. Yeah. Anyway, I get so then I he pulls the, he pulls open the door, pulls me out. And grabs my arm and tries to break my wrist. So I'm fighting and fighting. Boy, did that ever hurt. And I started kicking him and punching him. And trying to get loose from him. And the other guy came around and I punched him. But why did they pull you over? They just pulled... Nothing. They had no reason. So they pulled you So you pulled over to the side and they just got out of their car and got out? Yeah, they came over and they told me to get out of my car. Okay. And I wouldn't get out because I wanted to know what they wanted me for. Mm-hmm. That was the time when they were doing that to all of us. Yeah, yeah. And I was alone. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they pulled me out of the car and tried to break my arm, my, my wrist. And I was fighting with them and I punched. Uh, I kicked the one that was uh, trying to break my arm. And the other guy came to help him and I punched him. They were Dubay and Willette. Willette. Fuck, I always remember that name. Yes. Willette. Yes. So anyway, anyway, so, so anyway, they, they, uh, take me over to the police station. They put you in the car. Oh, wait, no, they, they were beating didn't. Me. No, the guy came out and they were beating me up. In the parking me. lot. And you said yes. nobody was doing anything. Nobody did they anything. They were yelling for help and stuff. Nobody. They all stood and watched these two guys beat me up. They, wait, wait. All the St. Constant people just stood yeah, by they and just, watched? Yeah, they just watched. They were even uh, cheering them on as they beat me up because... They could see I was a I was a Mohawk. a Mohawk, so anyway they took me over to the police station. And you were fifty three, fifty two. Yeah. So anyway, they took me over there to the basement, and they pulled me out and they started to hit me again. And one of them punched me right in the stomach, and I ended up. Shitting in my pants. Yeah, that's hard kick, mom. Yes, for some that is for you to shit your pants. Yes, that is so and fucked then, up. And then they were throwing me, it makes me along mad. the wall, <gasps> up the stairs. <sighs> mom, fortunate for me, I was wearing that black fur coat that I, I had. know. I was wearing that. Anyway, so they're pushing me and up against the wall, and then they took me up to this room, and then they told me to sit down, and I wouldn't sit down. By then, I was in shock. And they pushed me, smashed me up against the wall, and I fell on the floor. Oh, mom. It was rough. That makes me so upset. It was very, very rough. And then... uh, That makes me upset. And uh, then I I was bleeding. My nose was bleeding, and they were hitting me. 
And then uh, the guy got blood on his face. It was my blood. And then they called a guy to come and take pictures of him to show that I had beat him up. And uh, anyway, but every time the door would open, I'd yell, Get me a lawyer! As loud as I could. I want a lawyer! Because they were saying, as far as we're concerned, you didn't ask for a lawyer. So every time the door would open, I'd yell that. So everybody... In the... Yeah, so everybody heard that. Yeah. So then they said, well, you know, so that... Anyway, so... So I called... I called... uh, The Honda. So then you went there. Yeah, I was in... I remember it very vividly because I was watching... I remember I was in these little purple silk pajamas. Yeah. And I had my my warrior jacket on and I was playing, like, warrior in the house. Because you were just you were gone to the store, I guess, and Gohan yeah. was just watching me, and she was like, "Right, come on, get in the car. We gotta go get mom." And I didn't understand where we were going, and I just remember it was cold because it was winter, I guess. Yeah, it was right after ninety, I think. Yeah, it was probably nineteen ninety one. Yeah, the winter of ninety one or something. Cold, very yeah, cold. Yeah, it was like right. That's after. why I was wearing that coat. And uh, and I remember being in the back seat and like the cold leather or fake yeah. leather of the car, you know, yeah. like when it's when you're like yeah. when it's all cold on your legs and stuff. I remember that, and I remember getting there, and uh, and I remember being in this room, and there was a desk, and they said that there was, like, whatever bail, and Gohande had to go find, well, we were poor, right? Yes. And she had to go find money or something, but she, they, she they, said wouldn't, I, they wouldn't give, they wouldn't yeah. take, they would only take exact amount. Not, not more, not less. Not, so we had exactly. to go down to the penny. Yes. Literally, I remember they were paying with change. We were paying yes. with change or something. Yes. So what happened? Sorry. So then she so was. She saw me. And she said, "She said, and I, I when they were beating me up, I was in handcuffs. So, she started screaming and screaming, saying, "My mom's hurt. My mom's hurt. Get an ambulance. Get an ambulance. We have to take her to the hospital." Because I was. So she took me to the hospital, and I, I was there all night, and they were doing x-rays. She did take you to the hospital? We did yes. go to the hospital? Yes, we did. We stayed there all night. You're so poor, Mom. That's fucked up. That's really fucked and up. And then it's I really got upsetting. charged. I got charged with beating those two guys up. And then the trial happened, and Gahandi took pictures of me with just, you know, my t-shirt and you could see all the bruises on my arms, on my legs. Mm-hmm. I, I was full of bruises. So then... Uh, but you think your fur coat saved your life, eh? Yes, it did. That's why I'll never get rid of that. Fashion coat. saves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then uh, the trial came up, and I, and I had those pictures. And then... Uh, this is something I did. <laughs> we were all waiting there to go into the courtroom. So these two guys, Dubay and Willette, were standing there, facing each other. And I went and stood right between them. And I went like this, right you in their stomachs. elbowed them both in their I stomach? I elbowed both of them at the same time. And I said, not so tough now, eh? And I walked away. <laughs> I did that. Did you? Yes. Oh, my God. Fuck, I, no wonder I, I get it from you. So then you the should. trial went, and they <laughs> testified... And they said they had pictures of of the bleeding on the guy. 
and the judge, his name was Montgomery. Were you pre- so they were pressing charges on you? Yes, for beating those two guys. So you were there as a defendant. Yes. Fuck, that's fucked up. And they were the plaintiffs. But Julie, Julio Paris was my lawyer. He oh. volunteered to be my lawyer. See, all these lawyers yes. swoop in and help you. Yes, he's great. He he's helps so to have great. a lawyer friend. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have uh, lunch with him on Thursday. You should come with us. Are you? Yes. Oh, my I God. I called him up. I said, I want to see you. Anyway, so so, uh, so then they, they brought these pictures of the ble- blood on that guy's face. And then I said, Julio, I said, I have these pictures. So he looks at, wow. So he gave that to the judge. He says, I think you should look at these pictures. And mm-hmm. so there was all full of uh, bruises everywhere. I remember going to taking those pictures of you. Yes. So anyway. I'm so poor. So then um, we had to wait, you know, uh, for a while after the trial was over. And, and they lost. They lost that case. But they appealed it. The SQ, yes. Sûreté de Quebec appealed it. So, and it was in Long Gale. So anyway, I had to go all the way down there and uh, the the judge came out with another uh, they took the case I guess and looked at it and the judge uh, I don't know if it was the same judge but anyway it was I, I won again mm-hmm. so I went there and uh, I won the case again the second time did they show up? No, they didn't even show up. For the first one, they did, though. Yeah, they had to be there. They, they but they didn't this time. So I'm driving home from Longale, and I'm going through St. Costan, and I see that great big sign, you know, for the SQ, that round mm-hmm. thing. French thing. Anyway, so so I thought, hey, I'm going to go say hello to those guys. So I drove over, I tur- turned right, and I went to the police station. So I go in there. And there's a bunch of guys standing there. I said, are Sergeant uh, Willette and Sergeant Dubé around? He said, no, they're not. I said, well, maybe you could give them a message for me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what? He said, uh, tell them that I, tell them that I uh, just won the case again against them for beating me up. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll tell them. <laughs> Like, I think they knew what a fake thing that whole thing was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then I said, good day. Have a, I said, uh, bye. So I was walking out the door, and then I stopped. And I went back. I said, could you give them another message for me? I said, what? Okay. Tell them they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we'll tell them that. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so good. So then, there you go. But that's that story shows what we had to deal with. Just on a, but you're just one person. You just know one. What I mean? There was hundreds of us. All everybody in Kanawake was dealing with that shit. Yeah. And then people wonder why do you have a problem with uh, Quebec? Why do you have a problem leaving Kanawake? Why do you have a problem with the police? Why do you have a problem with the language French? Why do you got a problem? Fuck, because the way that I was fucking... Yes, they're telling us to get on with our lives. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that stuff happened in my... This happened in my lifetime. Yes. In my my memories, in my earliest memories, I remember having to go and bail you out. And you 
getting the shit, literal shit kicked out of you. That is fucking messed up, mom. So, I just want the people who listen to this to 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 have an idea of you know like maybe why we're why why we're angry or why we were angry. I mean, I'm still angry, but like you know, I'm understanding it more and and I, I can channel that anger and stuff like that. But right after ninety, it was chaos still chaotic but not as bad as it was then but you know it's like every single person remember just, one day just they, if we spoke just if we yeah they no matter us. if you look no matter yeah. if you look it or or like even if you just spoke english and you had they they could just tell just like we could tell if somebody's not ungwenhua they can tell if somebody's ungwenhua <laughs> They can. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And they'd friggin' make our lives hell. It was terrible. And it still goes on. It was in so a very small, in a very not in your as in your face way anymore because before it was it literally in your face, but it's still it's still happening when you leave the res. You know, yes. like when I went on that ship and and we went all the way. I'm glad I left. You know, I'm glad I went on it, and I'm glad I did Quebec because. It made me have a little bit more respect for the. It made me. It, it opened my eyes to the rest of Quebec because what's immediately around us, what's immediately surrounding Kanasadagi and Kanawage, is is uh, is a very deep, deep history with the Mohawks and the French. And it was. I think it was uh, inflamed during Oka. And right after. It makes me really angry. But it makes me want people to understand why we're angry. You know, why? As a seven, as a six-year-old, you shouldn't be going to bail your 53-year-old mother out of jail because she got... Beaten up. Beaten up by two men in their... Capable men in their 30s, I'm guessing. They're probably in their 30, 20s or 30s. Yeah. They're well, they were both well-built. They were strong. Fuck, it makes me want to drive over there right now and be like, I want to talk to Dubé and Willette. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, there was nothing I could do. I'm a woman. I don't have weapons. I'm not as strong as a man. What do you I do? You just had your fur coat. And all I had was my fur coat. <laughs> Which wasn't even real fur. It was fake fur. I know, I was faux fur too. <laughs> but it helped me. It did, Save though. my life. It did. Yeah, it made me... It makes me cry because it's like... You know I hear about you as like 27 and that kind of... And it still makes me... It hurts me. It cuts me, you know? But... It's like I remember this, you know? And it makes me so angry thinking that... You could treat a woman that way anyone that way anyone it's like uh, you know what those cops said what when they found out my age what they said she looks good for 55 or whatever it was 53 she doesn't look that age they thought I was younger they thought they were beating up a younger woman and that's supposed to be better for them they didn't know my age that that trip this summer really made me understand like it just made me it helped me with my anger 
towards Quebec, I'm still fucking angry. Don't get me wrong. But it helped me focus it a little bit more. <laughs> Not just hating all Quebecois people or hating all... You know, I mean, I don't, obviously. I have a lot of Quebec friends. I have a lot yes. of, you know, I grow up here and, you know, played water polo here. You know, but... Some of our greatest supporters are French. Of course. But I'm they just... Are. But you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Like, it made me... I didn't just, like, make it all white people or all Quebec people. It was like, it, it, it really opened my eyes traveling. So there you go. That is the time Ma's life was saved by her full-length faux fur coat. The police brutality episode for you all, because let's face it, if you ain't white, you probably have a police brutality story in your family somewhere down the line, right? Yes. It was a crazy climate at that time around Gohnawage, post-1990, etc. That is one thing that this story is definitely a great example of. But the other reason why I think that this story is important to share is the example of the treatment by police of Indigenous women across Canada. My ma could have easily been added to the list of missing and murdered Indigenous women after this event. This is not some crazy, unique happening. This is just my mom's story. You've all got to hear me catch some feels or trauma, I mean, depending on how you look at it, I guess, when my mom was detailing the brutality and pure, deep, deep hatred that those two pieces of shit laid down on her? It's not cool to hear your mom detailing that stuff. No matter how strong you know she is, it's your ma. It is really hard to hear about the pure violence directed towards the woman that cared for you. I look at her delicate, wrinkly little wrists and it infuriates me to imagine handcuffs on them. She was a mother, an auntie, a cousin, a niece, a friend, a fucking human being. This story makes me sick. I hate this story. But it's a part of my mother's and my family's and my own experience. At a super young age in this country, Canada. And don't fool your lovely selves. Because, because it's still going on. Just use your handy interweb devices <laughs> and Google up SQ treatment of Indigenous women in Valdor, Quebec. All of these abuses of so-called authority need to be held accountable for their wrongdoings. Anyways, <laughs> let's move this train along. This episode makes me mad, so next episode, I think we'll go on a trip with Ma, either to Europe in the late 50s or Cuba in 1959. I haven't decided yet, but they are both really fun stories. <laughs> My mom in her late teens seeing the world outside the res in Brooklyn. <laughs> to my mom for sharing her stories and to all of you amazing amazing listeners for stopping by and having some coffee with me and my ma
Yeah, tell me another time. Mm-hmm. That's a good story, man. Who's Ron Baird again? Oh, that's the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to put his name out there. I know. People will figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's my first episode, too. Mm-hmm. With that guy. There's lots. But that one, that's Saint Jean Serrucho, that's a good one. And then right in there about the uh, SQ beating me up. Two by four guy doing nothing? What the hell's that? Oh, that was just nothing weird. I just put it down there. I just thought it was funny. SQ in 92? Yeah, SQ in 92. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell me about Leonard Cohen? I did not like him. Yeah. For what he said about the women. Yeah. Nobody should talk like that about it. It was made up. I know. And he forever were stuck with the, the image he portrayed of us. Tell me about that another time. Yes, it just makes me mad. <laughs> Margaret Horn, my daughter. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting story. It's kind of strange. But it's true. It is a weird story. Yes. It's like a weird true crime thing. <laughs> true crime. Take <laughs> like, who is this woman? I still have her picture on my computer. Do you? Yeah, I kept it. Weird. How could you be somebody's kid and you not remember? I didn't remember. It was you. Were, you don't remember having a kid? <laughs> like as a man, I get it, but like as a woman, it's like. That's and crazy. she disputed that so much. <laughs> And then some people in Ganawaga, she approached them. And they're all asking me, did you have a baby? <laughs> I said, no. Well, there's somebody around here and says, you're her mother. She went around to the, the families, our family here, and said that. That's fucking crazy.